Blue Wire. Think about Lois. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott. Dodge the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome into episode 131 of Press Pass. Kaylin Anderson here with my co-host Joshua Perry. I feel like it's been a month since we've had a show here. It's only been a week, though. Yeah. But that's just how it is. Like time is so not a thing to me anymore. I just, I don't know what day it is. I was just <laughs> excited that we had something to talk about this week because we're gearing up. Um, the season's like right around the corner. It's crazy to think about. Yeah. Season's right around the corner and this summer, especially last week, there was a lot of news coming out and some different things happening, but you and I were just talking off air before we came on here. We've got uh, media days coming up for the yeah. conferences and everything else and training camp's going to be starting here in about a month. So it's, I mean, we are closing in on the beginning of the college football season. And that's where we're going to have so many storylines to talk about. I wanted to say really quick, because you're going to go to Big Ten Media Days. Um, I will be out of town for SEC Media Days, so I won't be able to go to that. But you said this year they changed it up. They're going to Indianapolis instead of Chicago. What are some of the things that you get to do as um, a member of the the Big Ten Network? Yeah, so it's usually um, they'll have some of our analysts who will sit down and do features and interviews with players. We obviously we cover the coaches press conferences and that'll be where I'm up on the desk uh, during the presser. So I'll have some reactions, some analysis of those. And then uh, what they usually do is they'll have the the three main guys who have been there um, mm-hmm. basically since the inception of the network do the interviews with the coaches and the players that come to media day. Each school will send three representatives as players as well. So we'll have some in-depth coverage. This is obviously big for us as the Big Ten Network because this is our conference and it's what we cover. So um, it's huge there. And it marks the start of the college football season for us as well. And a lot of our coverage, so it's going to be awesome. But um, to put a bow on it, Indianapolis is a great city. I played there uh, for the Colts for a year and I can't wait to go to some of the restaurants like St. Elmo's and prime. Oh, I love St. Elmo's. St. Elmo's is great. Prime 47 is one of my favorite steakhouses. I personally think it's a little bit better than St. Elmo's, but St. Elmo's is the historic one. And uh, there's a sandwich shop called Shapiro's. They've got a location. Yep right down the street from Lucas Oil Stadium that a lot of people are familiar with, but they also have one um, at one of the big malls there in Indy. And I got to get a sandwich on the way back and I'll bring one home for my father too, because he loves it. But I'm excited about the experience. It's funny because I was just up in Indianapolis for the first time, actually, for the NCAA basketball tournament. So that was the first time that I got to experience it, that and experience some of the good food that's in Indy. And I can see why, the combine was there for so many years because y'all love to eat and there's plenty there right. to eat, yeah. right? That's there's the deal. plenty of choices. Yeah. Uh, so we're, what were you say? we're familiar with Indy as a conference because that's where we host the uh, conference yep. championship game as well. It's a wonderful city. It's easy in terms of the downtown because there's a ton of hotels. You can walk to yeah. the convention center. You can walk to Lucas Oil. But it's the uh, it's all the everything else. There are a ton of fun bars you can go to, and the restaurants are phenomenal. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what you know the combine decides to do in terms of going to other places. I hope, if anything, Indy can still be in that mix as being a city that it it lands at um, every so few years. I don't know exactly what they're going to decide to do with that, but 
it should be interesting, but I don't want it to go away from there forever. I agree. So I agree. We'll see what happens. So something big happened this past week, and we've been talking about this, waiting for this to happen. Um, but here we go. Uh, the name, image, likeness, it's a go. And it's went with a boom. I mean, it began with a boom. I, the amount of stories we were doing the day that it was made official on Tennessee athletes that were signing deals, endorsement deals. We talked to Master P and his son who Pretty plays cool. basketball, right? He's, He's going to be a Tennessee freshman State, at TSU. Right? Yeah. He's going to be a freshman and he just signed a, a deal worth over $2 million. Uh, with got a rich daddy. Company, yeah. Right. <laughs> but I'll, I'll give him, I'll give him credit too, though. I mean, he was recruited by other places oh, yeah. too. And he chose to go to an HBCU yep. because he wanted to, to give back in a way and to draw some attention to For some sure. of these HBCU um, schools. And so, you know, with the endorsement deal, it's something that they had kind of been working on. But these are the types of things, though, that can be made possible when you get athletes to go there that get these endorsement deals. You can bring some attention to the universities. Um, what was it like for you when when this all went down last week? It was really cool. I mean, midnight came around and you saw players and companies announcing some of the partnerships and um, I think it's a wonderful opportunity. And I, I think this is kind of going the way that we had an anticipated it going is you see a lot of brand deals where it's going to be social media pro uh, promotion. You're going to see guys maybe not get paid a ton up front, but you know, if they have a promo code or something, if they get somebody to join, whatever they're, they're trying to sell, they'll get a little bit of a kickback, which is super cool. But we've seen um, gaming sites have been really involved because guys love playing video games. And so do, uh, some of the gals in other sports and they're recognizable. So that makes a lot of sense. We've seen some of the local companies get involved, which is awesome. Um, the thing that I was super excited about is we saw some of the female athletes really get their shot at some of these brand deals. And, and I believe them to be a lot more marketable than some of the male athletes that are out there. So this is really an opportunity for everybody. But um, you start to look at Miami, for example, and they have one of their boosters who is basically doing a deal that pledges that every guy on the roster will make five, 6,000 bucks each. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, yeah. you get to see it go all the way through. Um, it'll be unique to watch this thing evolve. I anticipate a lot of autograph signings, you know, yep. appearances at restaurants and grocery stores and those types of things. I don't necessarily see, um, you know, big situations where guys are getting involved with, you know, Adidas and Nike and, and all Under Armour because, yeah. Those companies don't pay guys in the NFL. I, I experienced that. I signed with Adidas out of college and, uh, you know, they paid me, uh, you know, like five, 10,000 bucks a year in cash. And they gave me a, a $35,000 yeah. allowance. And that's what you might see. Joey Bosa, who is in uh, my teammate at Ohio State, same draft class. He got $100,000 from Adidas and he's a, a different caliber of player. Um, but they don't toss out a lot of money. Although um, Thibodeau from Oregon, I don't know if you saw but he's working with Nike right now on some cool stuff. Yep. And that's yep. a natural connection because it's Oregon yeah. and Nike. I'm super excited though. I'm also thinking of ways that I can get involved now as somebody who is in yeah. multiple businesses. My real estate tagline is tackling your real estate needs. And I think we could do something really cool with some of the guys from Ohio State and some social media performance, get them a little money in their pocket. And then I've got some other um, business ventures in the hopper that are a natural fit with what's going on in the landscape of college football right now. So I'm going to get in on this frenzy. I know a lot of businesses are, but it's really great for the athletes now to be able to capitalize. Last thing I'll say, uh, I can't remember what school it was, but there was an athlete who was 
I'll tell two stories. One who had a YouTube channel and they said he had okay. to give up his scholarship if he wanted to monetize it. Now he can do that. There was another athlete who is a musician and he wasn't allowed to, to pay yes. uh, do paid shows. And now he can do that. And so these are the other things you get into is some of these people that are big personalities that have platforms can use them now. If you're somebody who has a hobby, like being a musician, you can go and you can do the little cabaret night at the club and get your little money in and yep. nobody's stopping them. And that's awesome. And, and that's the thing I think that we overlook sometimes is you guys as student athletes, um, if you guys don't know, which you probably do by now, if you listen to this podcast, Joshua played at Ohio State and you guys are so busy, most of the time you're not going to have time to do other things that are allowing you to make money. And that and that's part of the problem, right? Right. Um, but if you have that spare time just to kind of want to do what you want to do in terms of building some sort of a brand on your own, you couldn't do that. And, and now this allows, like you were saying, a, a guy that just simply wants to play music and wants to put his name out there in that capacity as well, he's able to do that. And I think it's important to too, because start looking at what some of these athletes are going to do to try to build for their future, because mm -hmm. not all of these athletes are going to go on and have professional careers yep. um, in terms of sports. They're going to have to, um, I guess, take themselves to the next level in, in an actual career that's other than playing sports. And so I think it's important to, for them to start building their brand as soon as they can. Yes. Um, just to have that ready for when they do graduate and go on to do something else. So this just opens up the door, like you said, for so many other things. And it does put a little bit more responsibility on these athletes mm -hmm. in terms of signing with the right people, choosing the right agents. But it's just something that, you know, you're going to have to live and learn sometimes. Um, hopefully more so than not, you're you're going to be pointed in the right direction. But it's it's a good way for these young athletes student athletes to kind of to grow up not too quickly right. but you know more so than they would have to in the past well i'll say this i i was an intern uh twice in my college career and i think it was valuable experience in terms of mm -hmm. making connections and kind of figuring out who i was outside of football and now this is a natural way for a lot of athletes to to learn uh, a little bit of business savvy and to figure out who they are and, and what their brand aligns with and what their values align with, which is really cool. The responsibility aspect of it is big though. And I, I know that there's some vultures out there who are going to mm -hmm. try to capitalize, but um, the agency that I'm signed with that rep me when I was a football player and they rep me now in media, um, they've opened up a college division. And I think those are where players need to look is who are the players that have been in the industry forever? Don't go with the person and I'm, this is probably a rough generalization because yep. there'll be some pop-up shops that'll do a great job, but don't go with the person who's out there right now because there's the opportunity or, or you know, don't sign with your uncle right. because you feel like he can help you out. Like take care of your business. And then the the final piece of advice, and it's because I live in the, the independent contractor world, find you a good accountant who can help you with your taxes because they don't take them straight out of your check like they do for everybody else. And then mm -hmm. get with somebody. It doesn't have to be necessarily a financial advisor, but talk to somebody about places where you can store your money. Um, putting money in a savings account, I think, for a lot of college kids is good. It's a great start. But as you start to accumulate a little bit more value, see if there are not things like a Roth IRA, for example, where you can contribute up to $6,000 a year. Um, and that's after tax money and it grows tax free. And if you start that when right. you're 19 or 20, 
you can retire a millionaire pretty easily just based off of the growth there. And they're not going to take any of it once you retire. Um, those that I'm not giving out financial advice here. I'm just saying things that I do. Um, but it's, it's smart. It's a I wonderful, to him. a wonderful opportunity for young people to really get a head start on the things that'll mm-hmm. make them successful when they're old and decrepit and nobody's thinking about them anymore. Well, yeah. That's the thing. I'm like looking back and I've, talked to some former athletes uh, this past week about it and what they thought about the whole image um, image uh, I'm, I'm going drawing a blank now NIL NIL name image likeness thank you had literally a brain fart been a long um, week. it has been a long week but a lot of them were just you could tell a lot of them were like man I wish we had that right yeah yeah. I mean, I'm sure you were like, you were like, man, I wish we had that. But at the same time, you, you could see how happy they were for these athletes now that are going to for sure. get to benefit from it. I'm super happy so, for guys. I, I always yeah. say though, like we won the, the championship in 14 and I was a junior and I came back from my senior year. Um, and in 15, we fell short of what we thought we could do as a team. And so we're on the autograph circuit and people are excited to meet a national champion, but it's a year removed. Um, and so the money wasn't as explosive as if we could do autograph tours, the, the literal yep. year we won the championship for guys who were on the roster. Um, and that's a unique situation. Not everybody plays at a school like Ohio state, but I think about those types of players, the guys from Alabama who, you know, they, they were back to back to back, um, you know, every single one of those years, it would have been great for them to capitalize on that. Or a team like Northwestern, for example, who makes it to a big 10 championship and they haven't done that in a long ass time. Like there are people in Chicago who would be willing to pay to have promotion or autographs or whatever the case is. So it's wonderful for everybody involved. And I'm excited to see kind of where these athletes, you know, make their brands and they do their thing. Yeah. And one more thing to add to that, because you were talking about, you know, building their brand. And I also think it can just help bring awareness to other companies that maybe. Uh, are doing some really good things, but don't have that ambassador yet or the right ambassador to reach the younger generation. And I know that there was um, a kid from Tennessee who was representing um, like a like a pet smart, you know, like an animal type of situation where he, you know, was promoting like animal like adoption. And so there's cool things like that too, where some of these athletes are going to pick something they're really passionate about. Also just to help, like give back in a way and using their image and likeness for something really good, Well, which is so cool. We're seeing the stories right now. There's, um, I think it might've been Derek King, don't quote me on this, could have been Spencer Rattler, but one of the pro- uh, the prominent quarterbacks in college football right now said that he's going to use some of his endorsement money to try to put some money in, in the pockets of players who are struggling a little bit, which is awesome. And then Notre Dame yep. had a cool story where a guy started a GoFundMe so he could send a, um, a, a, a kid who has some special needs to a game. I raised yep. like $30,000 or something like that. Those are stories of players using their platforms for good. And for a long time, it was taboo because you get in trouble. Like the NCAA is telling you, you can't raise that money. And I'm like, dude, I'm trying to help somebody. Why can't I do that? That, That's such a good point. But I feel like I ran into those situations all the time when I was hearing about stories like that. And then, you know, you, like you said, you'd get in trouble because it's technically a violation and now you don't have to worry about that. And that's just great because these athletes, and I hope that a lot of athletes are like this 
but they want to do good, right? They want to give back. And so I think that'll be neat to see how that unfolds too, because I'm sure there'll be some really incredible stories that you'll probably tell and that I'll tell as well, um, being around the game of college football over in the, the next several years as we see this thing continue to grow. So let's let's bring up a guy that one of well, our let's favorites. Just, let's just be honest, one of our favorites, and then you can see all the sarcasm that com comes underneath that tone. <laughs> um, so Dabo Sweeney, of course, let's bring you back to 2015 when Dabo Sweeney um, was on record saying that he would likely leave college football if players were able to make money. Um, look. That is something that I don't think we're extremely surprised that he said back in 2015 or that, quite frankly, if he said it here in 2021. But the fact is, is now in 2021, this is actually a thing. And I loved how Marlon Humphrey like roasted him on Twitter because he, you know, clearly remembered this situation when he said this and was like, so what's Dabo thinking now? Well, what is he thinking now? I mean, right? It's it's a situation where he is probably all on board. And I think he's come out and said that he's all for it right now. Um, oh yeah, of course. One of his players did like a radio hit or something, and and was asked about it, and uh, you know, basically said that what Dabo said years ago was taken out of context. And here's the thing for me with Dabo is I feel like far too often his excuse for his terrible takes in the past is that it was taken out of context. And there comes a point where you have to acknowledge that it probably was not taken out of context. And that's, a, you said exactly what you meant and you said it exactly how you meant to say it. And it yes. is what it is. Now there's nothing wrong with admitting that you may have been wrong or you changed right. your mind. That's called right. personal growth. We have all had, wrong opinions or bad takes on things and then mm -hmm. have learned new information that shaped the new way that we think about certain things. And we admit, hey, you know, I, I used to think this in the past and now I know that it was wrong and I acknowledge that. Dabo has too much pride to ever say that he was ever wrong. And so now everything is yep. taken out of context. I'm sick and tired of it. Just be who you are. And it's totally fine if that's who you want to be. You can be wrong if you want to be loud right. and wrong, but understand what the repercussions are. And a part of that process is owning the loud and wrong and not just saying that it was taken out of context. Yeah. And, and look, it, Marlon Humphrey was, I'm glad he called him out on Twitter because this is, I'm going to read the exact quote that he said um, four years ago. He said, as far as paying players professionalizing college athletics, that is where you lose me. I'll go do something else. Because there's nothing, or there's, sorry, I just jacked that up. Um, I'll go do something else because there is enough entitlement in this world as there is. Yeah. Like, to me, that is so snarky. To it me, is. that is not having any kind of, you know, idea what these athletes are doing for you, for your oh. program, the money, the paycheck you're getting every month. It just um, it frustrates the hell out of me. It's crazy. To, and especially right? to call it entitlement is if these players are- That's aren't, what got me. You know, going above and beyond and bending over backwards and everybody's making money in it. The athletic department's making money. The coach is making money. The sponsors who are up in the stadium are all making money. The TV partners are making money. The only people 
in there that aren't making money are the players. And the scholarship, in my opinion, is not enough. And I've, I've been on that bandwagon for years. Yeah. But you cannot tell me that a free education is it covers the value of what the players give in return, number one. And number two, you can't tell me the free education is it goes as far as what people say, because there are a lot of guys who can't major in what they want to major because they're, the, the coursework does not align with their availability for their sport. Um, yep. I know people who want to be pre-med and there are too many labs to be pre-med and play football and you can't miss practice. So you throw that out there. And then you bring in guys who were not necessarily overachievers in high school, maybe came from cultures where education wasn't valued. And you throw them into a situation and ask them to do college coursework. And it's very difficult. And a lot of times they have somebody holding their hand the whole way through. And I don't know how much guys are actually learning and getting the value out of the degree. So to say the word entitlement is just nuts because these players are putting so much into what they're doing. And to hear it coming from somebody who makes $10 million a year, you shut your damn mouth. We're not going to talk about entitlement. They're like, do you deserve to make 10,000 or excuse me, $10 million a year? And I would argue that the only reason coaches ever made as much as they're making is because of all the money that has flowed into college athletics. They never used to get paid like that. Woody Hayes in his last year uh, would have made the equivalent of something like maybe $800,000 to be the head coach of the Ohio State University. Guys would would scoff at that as position coaches at some of these universities. $800,000 is not enough. Um, And so, yes, I think coaches are entitled, and I I don't think they realize how much uh, they make in comparison to what it used to be. And they're the ones who have benefited, and now players get a slice of the pie. I'm not trying to hear any takes like this, even if it was six years ago. That well, and that's the thing. I mean, I don't really think the the problem with Dabo that seems to be the repeat offender type of situation is he says like really stupid stuff that you would think would really like perturb his players or players that would want to come to the program or thinking about coming to the program because it it seems like he like sometimes just says it and doesn't really think about it and while I'm all about being yourself I'm also all about like realizing what you say sometimes is probably not the thing you should be saying it's it's a certain Um, type of player that that ends up playing for Dabo though I think and it's not I don't want to disparage those guys that's what I was going to ask but he kind of like you got to indoctrinate those guys a little bit and they've got to be like real fallen lion guys and I I I feel like Dabo is probably a good coach to play for he's probably a fun guy but I also think that he is he is very backwards in a lot of ways and I think that you kind of I don't want to disparage any recruits but like there's I feel like an aw shucks type of mentality around that program Mm -hmm. that you don't Mm -hmm. feel everywhere else. Um, And it works for him and it works for those players and they do very well. And there's nothing wrong with being like that. But I I know for a lot of players, it turns them off when you have a coach who constantly is on the wrong side of an issue. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what to say. I feel like the info is all there and he just chooses to be wrong. Yeah, and I just, I don't know, like me as a, as a person, if I were a player and I just know like my mentality to me wouldn't come across as genuine really, it, like, because you see these kind of quotes and then even if he's acting a certain way, I'm like, okay, who's the real Dabo, right? right? Like, right. What, like how is this, I just feel like it comes across as not as genuine sometimes, but like you said, he gets, he gets players there, they win and and that's all that matters. And we'll see what happens with this um, name image likeness moving forward with him there and how much he embraces it. I mean, he can say he embraces it all he wants, 
but let's just see what happens, right? Yeah, I'm with you. And I think, you know, he's probably going to change his tune on it. And and if it helps him get recruits, then he's, he's going to be a big fan. He's going to be the biggest advocate for NIL there is. Of course. And that's where genuine comes into it. Are you genuine or are you just doing it because you want to be successful? Come on. Got to play the you game. Know, I guess, but just to some point, be real. Mm-hmm. Jeez, that's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, talking about... <laughs> Man, I, we bring it back to the Pac-12, and it, it <laughs> continues to be not a good topic. I'm sorry. If anyone listens from back home in the Pac-12, you probably hate this podcast because <laughs> we just rip on the Pac-12 like every single time we have you know, an opportunity to do it. But it's only because the headlines that are being made over there are negative ones. They're not good. And so I'm sorry, but change the narrative then. And unfortunately, these programs, these teams, the conference as a whole is not changing the narrative. And so we continue to have these type of situations where it's going to put the Pac-12 back. Um, And the the recent one was – the football program, you all know Herm Edwards um, over there. We just did a podcast several months ago about how much we were enjoying seeing what Herm Edwards was doing and kind of reviving Arizona State football, getting some of those assistant coaches with, you know, big time pass in terms of where they played and guys in the league that have now, you know, dedicated their lives to being assistants uh, at the college game. So, the football program is facing allegations um, of hosting recruits on campus during the non-contact COVID-19 period, and then some other infractions that are going on. So now this is like a program that's being looked into Mm -hmm. when they were kind of making some headway in terms of the PAC 12 and, and, you know, getting some guys there, getting some good recruits. And the most recent guy to say, I'm not going to ASU, was an offensive lineman, very heavily uh, looked at coming out of high school, Deshaun Woods. And now he's going to Missouri because clearly he doesn't want to have to deal with any of this. Um, and there, I, I mean, so Arizona State had eight public commitments in, for its class of 2021 this time last year. Six of them decommitted. Sure. Why wouldn't they? So here's, here's, here's my take on that situation. If we're talking the, you know, some of the infractions on paying for stuff and this, that, and the third, we got NIL nowadays. I don't know if that's as big of a deal. No. If you're hosting recruits on campus during a dead period, that is cheating. Well, yeah. Like that is outside of the spirit of what college football is about. Yes. Like that to me is a clear line. Um, and so I don't fault anybody for not wanting to be a part of that. Although if you came to campus during the dead period, you're a cheater too. Um, and you got to acknowledge that, but like, those are lines you don't cross. Like we're, everybody's trying to find the advantage. Everybody's, you know, I talked to recruiting directors across the big 10 and for them, a lot of what they like to do is play in that gray area. You know, there's a rule, Mm -hmm. they go down to the compliance department. They ask compliance, what do you think about this rule? And compliance finds the loosest interpretation and that's what they run with. And I think that's totally fine. But when right, there's a right. clear line, like, hey, it's a dead period, nobody can be out here, and you got people on campus, you cheated. Yeah. No, and it was a COVID-19 period of time, right, where it, it, there was even more stricter rules in place, which we, I mean, we had to all abide by them in whatever capacity, Everyone you know, 
yeah, we had to abide by them. So to see that on top of it is kind of like, okay, like if that's the case, um, that's unfortunate that you, th you thought you had to do that, you know, to, to win over some of these guys. And again, it's just one of these puts the Pac-12 back in terms of football. And they ought to just point, dissolve that conference. Man, I mean, don't say that because I'm a supporter of the Pac-12. Just mean, tell your team I to went, go somewhere else. I, I know, right? But it, it is getting to the point that I hope with the new commissioner in that, like, things are going to start rapidly changing there. They got to get it's guys on campus. So, like, they got to get they got to get big time players. It's, it's nothing's going to change there until they can get big time guys. And I've said this time and time again. But I don't think that changes until they're in the spotlight. Like when they're playing primetime games nationally and they can get recruits there for those primetime games, there's to me, there's not a lot that you can do at that conference. You'll get a handful of guys that want to stay home or they want to play for whatever school because that's what their idea is. But most of the guys nationally, like I, I just look at the way that Ohio State has recruited in the last couple of years. And we've got a couple of guys out of the state of Washington, uh, a big commit in, in JT Tui Malau. Um, who was oh, yeah. like the number one yeah. player in the class of 21. And we had uh, yep. G Scott Jr. Who's from the Washington area. I think Seattle area. Uh, we yep. had Chris Olave, who was an under the radar guy coming out of California that we got to come to Columbus. Like there are too many See? great players from that region that say, I'm not playing there. See, that's a problem. It is. And, and they, and they've got to start figuring out, you know, how, like you said, it, it's, it's, it's going to be a process clearly. Um, but, but these are the things that cannot happen. And look, Herm Edwards, your recruiting staff, whatever, like you're putting the PAC 12 back. It's not just your program. Like you're, because every team needs to be as good as they can be in the PAC 12 for it to move forward. And when you have a program like this, that seem to be doing the right things, that seemed to be putting its name kind of on the map a little bit. And then this happens and now it looks like they're going to go backwards. That's what ruins the, the conference as a whole. And too much of that has happened mm -hmm. in the past 10 years that it's, that's why the PAC 12 is where it is today. And one more thing before we go, because this kind of ties in with it. I want your opinion on whether or not you think Reggie Bush, former USC running back at USC, should get his Heisman Trophy back and get his records back in the record book. And I say this because if you look at what happened after Reggie Bush was hit with all these, you know, yep. sanctions or USC was hit with all these things, USC has really never been the same. I agree. Um, so what do you think? Yeah, they need to. And if you're the yeah. NCAA, I think this is an easy one in terms of yep. his records because yep. you're, I think you're trying to win battles in the court of public opinion now. And this is a very popular thing where uh, Reg, what Reggie Bush did today would not have been an issue. There's nobody who would have been concerned. There's, there's no alarms that would have been sounded. And so from that standpoint, I think you can look back and you can say now with the landscape of college football, it's about damn time that we give him his records back. And then if you are the Heisman Trust and they're waiting on the NCAA to make a move, I think they ought to just call the bluff right now and say, we'll give him a damn trophy back. He earned it. And 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 this is Absolutely. probably the thing that goes deeper into the issue surrounding that is nothing that he did off the field made him a better player on the field. He yep. was going to be a baller regardless. And so if you can even separate those two things and, and look back and say, now that's not an issue, but 
even from the standpoint of uh, Reggie Bush, the player, yeah, like he was going to be a baller regardless of what yep. happened off the field. Give him his damn trophy back yep. and, and reinstate his records, period. Look, and, and look, I watched him play in person. Like I went to Washington State when him and Liner were at USC and when it was just an incredible program. I mean, I saw what he did on every, any given weekend. And I saw what he did in person when he played Washington state. And I mean, this guy is just one of the greatest college football running backs there was to play the game. Absolutely. And it's just a shame that look, I've always been more on the side of what you just said. Um, even when technically, obviously NIL was not a thing and it wasn't technically looked upon as being good. And that's why he got it taken away. I still was like, what does it have to do with anything what he's done Nothing. At, on the field? And he couldn't even go back on campus. Which is wild. He couldn't even go to – that's ridiculous. I tend to agree with that. And so NCAA, do yourself some good. And, yeah, you're going to have to pick and choose some of these ones that you go back and maybe reverse. Right. This is one you have to. Yeah. You have to reverse this. Tend you to have to that. get that right. 100%. Well, that does it for this episode of Press Pass. It was a good one. Uh, see, when we're off a week, we just have so much to say. It's explosive. Um, There's a lot of it's uh, explosive. It's a lot of hot takes going on. There is, and and hopefully you guys enjoyed us uh, being back. You can always go follow us um, on Twitter and Instagram. Joshua, what's your uh, handle? You can find me Twitter and Instagram at rip underscore jep, and you can find me at Kayla Anderson TV Instagram Twitter. Of course, go subscribe, uh, give us a like, give us a review, whatever it is. Pass it along to your friends because college football season is coming up. And there's, I guess there's college football podcasts out there, but I think ours gives a kind of a unique take Best on things. I think so too. So uh, plus we like to have a little fun, right? Absolutely. We like to add in some sassiness and some hot takes. So it makes us, I feel like one of the best. So just go spread the word. For sure. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Have an incredible week and we'll be back here next week. Take care.